Our text today is Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 8. I just read it to the kids, but I'm going to read it again because it's worth hearing again. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The resurrection is central to all, period. Whether men believe in Jesus, whether men acknowledge God, the resurrection is central to all. Because God, when he created heaven and earth, before there was a creation, before there was anything, when there was only God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit in perfect fellowship, in perfect love, in perfect harmony, when God created, he created with the purpose that Jesus would be crucified, Jesus would be buried, and Jesus would would be raised up and ascended to glory, and Jesus would be Lord of all. And without the resurrection, there is no gospel. There is nothing, no gospel, no future, no life at all without the resurrection. Martin Luther observed, Our Lord has written the promise of resurrection, not in books alone, but in every leaf of spring, go out today and look at the leaves springing forth after the winter where it appeared everything was dead and dry and lifeless. And even in the spring leaves, we see the message, the power of resurrection. C.S. Lewis also made this observation. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 wrote these words, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. I want you to listen to these words by N.T. Wright concerning the resurrection of Jesus. And I quote, Jesus' resurrection is the beginning of God's new project, not to snatch people away from earth to heaven, but to colonize earth with the life of heaven. 
That, after all, is what the Lord's prayer is about. The point of the resurrection is that the present bodily life is not valueless just because it will die. What you do with your body in the present matters because God has a great future in store for it. What you do in the present by painting, preaching, singing, sewing, praying, teaching, building hospitals, digging wells, campaigning for justice, writing poems, caring for the needy, loving your neighbor as yourself will last into God's future. The resurrection completes the inauguration of God's kingdom. It is the decisive event demonstrating that God's kingdom really has been launched on earth as it is in heaven. The work of salvation in its full sense is, one, about whole human beings, not merely souls. Two, about the present, not simply the future. And three, about what God does through us, not merely what God does in us and for us. Close quote. <coughs> Mark informs us, as does Matthew, as does Luke, as does John. The Gospels inform us, on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb seeking the dead body of Jesus to finish the embalming process. They did not expect to find his body missing, much less the living among the dead. And even though Jesus told his disciples he would rise on the third day, they were seeking Jesus, but were startled to find the tomb empty and the Lord risen. On the first day of the week after the Sabbath, the reason we worship on Sunday, and by the way, Please refuse to buy a calendar that starts with Monday as the first day of the week because Monday is not the first day of the week. That's what the world wants you to believe. Sunday is the first day of the week. The first fruits belong to God, and that's why the first day of your week is to be given to the Lord. Jesus was resurrected on the first day of the week. That's how we know Jesus was raised on a Sunday. It was the first day of the week after the Sabbath that the women went to the tomb to seek the body of Jesus to finish the embalming process. They were seeking Jesus. You do realize that everybody is seeking something. Many who profess to be seeking Jesus may not be seeking Jesus, the Jesus they are expecting to find, Mary and the other women certainly were not expecting to find the Jesus they found. They didn't find a Jesus. In that moment, they found an empty tomb, and that was not what they were expecting. They were expecting a dead Jesus, but instead, a living Jesus was encountered. May God open the eyes of the hearts and the minds of those who seek that they would see the true Jesus, 
all those people seeking something to give them meaning in life, to soothe their pain, to soothe their suffering, to give them some sort of, of fullness of life. Everybody desires that. There is an emptiness, an inherent emptiness in people. And some people pursue fame or success or money. And they think they can fill that emptiness with those things of this world. But the things of this world will never fill the emptiness. Try as they might. God must open the eyes and the hearts and the minds of those who seek to see the true Jesus. The Jesus who was crucified, the Jesus who died, and the Jesus who is risen. The Jesus who is the only Lord, the only Savior, and the only way to life. As you are seeking Jesus, don't be startled by the power of resurrection and the new life. Instead, embrace it and walk in it. Seek the living Christ. Walk in his newness, in all of his life, in all of his power, and in so doing, Fear no man in the process. And don't fear death, because Jesus has conquered death. And if you are in Christ, death has no hold on you. Amen. <clears throat> to the startled and the skeptical, expecting a dead Jesus, show them the power of his resurrection life and spirit through the power of faith working through love. Press into the living Christ and never look back. The walking dead of this world must see a risen and living Christ. Yes, by a revelation of the Spirit, but also in the life of His body, the church. That's you and that's me. That means the world is to see Christ in you, the hope of glory. And by His grace, come to know Him in His love and in His resurrection life and power. And the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid. God is telling you this morning, do not be afraid. God commands his people throughout his word to not be afraid. He commands us to fear not. And this command and this encouragement is not just found a few times throughout God's word. It's found hundreds of times throughout the scripture. The scripture teaches that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And in Christ, there is nothing to fear. There is only one we are to fear, and that is God. His perfect love. His perfect love. His complete love. Cast away all fear. That's what 1 John 4, 18 teaches us. That his perfect love cast away all fear. To know the Lord is to know his love. To know his love is to know you have nothing to fear. The promise of his love assures you he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. His perfect love for you gives you boldness. It gives you boldness now in this world. And John writes, it gives you boldness in the day of judgment. For as he is, so are you in this world. The words, fear not, appear first spoken by God to Abraham in Genesis 15.1. And the Lord said, fear not, Abram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. That means that he is our shield and he is our exceeding great reward in Christ. God told Joshua 
in Deuteronomy 31.6 upon taking over leadership from Moses. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. The writer of Hebrews repeats those very words in writing to the church, declaring to the believers that God will never leave us. God will never forsake us. We have no reason to fear what this world wants us to fear. Do not be afraid were the words spoken to the angel, to the women who went to the tomb seeking a dead Jesus. He was not there. He is risen. And later Jesus himself tells them the same. Do not be afraid. This is the message of Christ to you. Do not be afraid. He gives this command, and it is a command, because the Lord knows that the enemy uses fear as a tool. Fear is palpable in our culture today. You can see it covering the faces of so many people today. You can hear it in the words of those reporting it, in the words of those consuming it and repeating it. Fear is a primary weapon of the enemy used against all of humanity, but in particular against God's people. All people, all of God's people should know that they have nothing to fear. The Lord is with you. Thus God commands us, fear not. As the sheep of his pasture, you are to heed his voice, not the voice of the enemy who tempts you to fear constantly through the voices of the culture and the voices of the media and the voices that we hear in our ears and in our heads all around us. When you're tempted to fear, remember God commands you, fear not. Remember the tomb is empty and Jesus is risen and exalted and ruling over all, ruling over all the things that the world wants you to be fearful of. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You are not to be a fearless people, but a fearful, fearfully wise people. Do you know the difference? It's not that we fear nothing. The, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's that we are to be fearfully wise. That means that the only thing we are to fear is God, not man. And certainly we are not to fear the defeated enemies of Christ and his church, including that last enemy to be put away, which is death itself. And the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Think about those words. You seek Jesus who was crucified. The women were seeking Jesus who was dead. But the angel said, you are seeking Jesus who was crucified. The crucified Jesus they saw die on the cruel and the bloody cross. They were seeking the Jesus they knew was dead. The angel does not say, you seek Jesus who is or who was dead. He says, you seek Jesus who was crucified. Because Jesus is not dead, even though he died. The angel said to the women, you seek Jesus who was crucified. Crucified and died for your sins. That is the Jesus that we are to seek. The Jesus who was crucified. The Jesus who died for your sins. You seek the Jesus who was buried and sealed in a tomb. You seek Jesus 
who was crucified, Jesus who was dead and buried, but no longer. You seek Jesus among the dead, but he is risen. He lives. That's in essence what the angel was saying to the women. The Jesus we are to seek today is a living Jesus, a risen Jesus who has conquered sin and death. Are you seeking Jesus? And if so, who is the Jesus you seek? Many seek another Jesus, not the Jesus who was crucified and died for sins. Many seek a Jesus they believe does not care about sin, at least their own sin. Many seek a Jesus of their imagination, a Jesus of their own making, created in their own image. That is not the Jesus who was crucified. That is not the Jesus who died for your sins. The Jesus who was crucified, the Jesus who died for your sins is the creator. He created you in his image. You do not create him in yours. He is the maker, the creator, the only savior. You owe all to him, all of your life, all of your worship, all you are, all you have. You owe all to him, for all is his. You do realize that. All is his. There is nothing of this creation that is not his. He is the Lord of all. That is the Jesus you are to seek. The Jesus who was crucified for the sins of the world. The Jesus who is Lord of all. The Jesus who promises that if you seek him, you will find him when you seek after him with all your heart. Seek Jesus. Your life depends upon it. And the angel said, he is not here, for he is risen. As he said, we will always find Jesus in certain places. This is true. You never have to doubt that when God's people to gather together, you never have to worry about whether Jesus is there or not. He is there because Jesus inhabits his people. He is the life of his people. But we will not always find Jesus where we may think we will. Those women thought they would find Jesus in a tomb, but he wasn't there because he was risen. In Luke's gospel, chapter 24, verses 5 and 6, the angel responds this way. Luke records the interaction with the women, and he records these words of the angel. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee? He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. The empty tomb should not have surprised any of the disciples of Jesus. Besides the Old Testament prophecies, Jesus foretold his death, burial, and resurrection on at least four different occasions in the, in the Gospel of Matthew alone. Leading up to his crucifixion. Jesus was not there. He was not there then, and he is not now among the dead. The angel proclaimed, he is not here because he is alive. He is risen. Jesus is not dead. 
Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, the only Savior, is alive. He is risen. Yes, He is. He is risen. He is not here, for He is risen as He said, Come and see the place where the Lord lay. The angel knew the unbelief of humanity. The angel knew the unbelief of the women. He's not here. He is risen. Come see where the Lord lay. He is risen. He is no longer in the tomb. For death and the grave cannot hold the crucified Son of God, the Lord of glory. Acts chapter 2, verses 23 through 24. When Peter preaches his famous sermon on the day of Pentecost after coming down from the upper room filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter declares these words. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Death could not, will not, cannot hold Jesus. And you, in Christ, must know and realize that death cannot hold you. Though we will all meet death one day, it is appointed unto man to die once, death has no hold on you. And the very worst thing death can do to you, and it is not a bad thing at all, is to take you and to present you face to face to Jesus. Death is nothing more than the servant of the Lord God, and there is coming a day when death itself will die and be no more. And the resurrection that is central to all gives us this hope, assures us of this promise. It was not possible for Jesus to be held by the pains of death, the cross, and the resurrection were God's mystery from before the ages. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians Chapter 2, verses 7 through 8. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Jesus crucified looked like anything but victory. In fact, Jesus crucified looked like absolute and total defeat for the Son of God. And it was supposed to look that way. That was the mystery kept hidden. Because God knew that the enemies, that Satan, and this is how God's enemies operate, they always in their arrogance and in their pride think that they have won, think that they have overcome and this is why the scripture reminds us that before, that pride comes before a fall. And what looked like absolute defeat was absolute glorious victory for Christ and for the church. It was glorious victory because death could not hold the Lord of glory. What appears to be defeat in Christ, and this is true for every one of us, this is true for your life. What appears to be defeat in Christ is nothing more than opportunity for God to show his power and show his life through resurrection. Don't ever forget that. 
no matter, it does not matter how bad this world looks. It does not matter how horrible the news may sound. It does not matter how much it looks like the enemy and the forces of darkness are winning. Just remember when Jesus was hanging bloody and dead on the cross, it looked like anything but victory. And there is nothing, there is no defeat greater than what that defeat appeared to be. Jesus will never be crucified again. Jesus will never be put in the tomb again. Jesus has once for all defeated sin, defeated death, and in Jesus, you too have defeated sin. You too defeat death. And whatever your defeat may look like, just know that it is glorious victory in Christ. You cannot lose. You will not lose, for Christ has already given us the victory. This is the power of resurrection. This is why God put the sun in the sky and turns the earth so that we see death and resurrection every day when the sun rises and the sun sets. This is why God gave us the seasons. So every year we see the death and resurrection in the trees that, that look dead and dry and lifeless in the winter, but the springtime comes and the green blooms and we're reminded that in death there is resurrection. And it doesn't stop, but it continues to bear witness to his resurrection and to his life. As Luther observed the leaves in spring and Lewis observed the sun each day, so you are to have eyes to see and ears to hear. But not only that, you are to have feet and hands and mouths to know and to make known the power of his resurrection and his life because there is a world floundering in death and they need Life and they need hope, and that life and that hope can only be known in Jesus. He is risen. This is the good news, the gospel we are to live and to make known to all. This is the power to live and to make disciples and to see the nations changed for his glory. This is the prayer Jesus taught us to pray, lived out. The reality of the resurrection is the reality to see his kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the angel tells the ladies, the women, go and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead. As disciples of Jesus, you are to go and tell. And in going and in telling, you are to know that he has risen from the dead. You are to also know that you will see him. Do you know that? You will see him. I know we think about that one day when we die. and We want to put that off. But I want to encourage you on this Resurrection Sunday, when we're thinking about the crucifixion of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, and the, the, the resurrection or the rosing of Jesus, as Olive would say, from the dead. I want you to think about you will see Jesus one day. And I'm going to tell you, whether you believe it or not, you will see Jesus one day. And that day is not as far off as you might think that it is. And this is why every week we pray that we would be faithful in our time of visitation here on this earth. I mean, from the youngest here among us, those that are still in the womb and not even uh, broken into the air of this creation yet. As long as they may live, 
Our time is short. We will see Jesus. Go, tell his disciples, he is risen from the dead. You're not to live your life as though Jesus is dead. That's the same thing as living as though he never existed. You're to live your life knowing that Jesus is risen, that he's alive, and that he ever lives, that he dies no more, and that we will see him. You will see him one day. Jesus is not simply a great figure in history. He's not a life to simply be imitated or remembered. His is a life that gives newness to you, and you are to walk in that newness. His is a life that is gifted to all who by grace trust in him and know him to be the risen Savior and living Lord of glory. Because Jesus lives through faith in him, you have life. In him, his life is in you. This new life you have, this new creation you are, is only, only by his grace. If Christ is risen, you have the hope of being raised with him in new life. If Christ is risen and you are in Christ now, if you are trusting him now, you can know that you have already been raised in him and you live in his life. Listen to Paul's words in his letter to the Romans, chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, put away, buried, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. As Christ is risen from the dead, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God, risen with Christ. In Christ, you are freed from sin. This is the power of resurrection. The Spirit who raised Christ from the dead raises you up out of sin, out of death, and makes you alive to God as Jesus Christ is now your life. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. 
In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. And I promise you, church, Christ did not die in vain. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ is now our life. Christ is now our righteousness. Christ did not die in vain. And he does not live in vain. And so therefore we must not live in vain. Christ is now the life of every believer. And his life made known in and through us in all things is to the glory of the Father. Christ went before us as the first fruits of resurrection. Jesus is the representative. Everything he is, he is in our stead for our good. His glorification is the ground of our coming glorification. Tell his disciples he has risen from the dead. Tell the world he has risen from the dead, for this is their hope. But also the hope, the hope, you have the hope I have. He is the hope, the only hope we have in life and in death. Jesus, the risen Savior, is the hope of all those who will trust in him. He is your hope, and there is no other. If you have Jesus, you have hope. If you do not have Jesus, you have no hope in life or in death. This is why you must let the world know you serve the living Savior, the one who is our only hope. And so what did the women do? The scripture says, so they went quickly. Now that should inform us of something. Our obedience to the Lord and to his word should be quick. Here the women obey quickly with fear and great joy, the scripture says. We understand quickly, we understand great joy, but fear, why fear? Remember I said, fear not. God says, don't be afraid, don't fear. But yet the scripture says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. With fear, because the fear of the Lord is that wisdom. This is a healthy fear, a joyous fear, a fear born out of the glory and the majesty and the power of our great God and Father the maker of heaven and earth and of all that is in them. There is great joy, for he has saved us by his grace and given to us all things in his resurrected and glorified son. We should run to bring word of his good news to those in need of it. The good news is that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and that you can, by grace, through faith in Jesus, become a partaker of that. Jesus said to her, to Mary, to Martha, actually, when Martha comes and says to him, why did you wait so long for my brother Lazarus? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. 
Do you believe this? That's the question Jesus asks. It's the question he asks of us. Do you believe this? Do you believe he is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that though you will die one day, that you will never die? That you have life eternal? Jesus who is crucified, who is risen, this is the Jesus. We trust him. Trust in him and you too will live and never die. This is the gospel that is the power of God to salvation. The resurrection is central to all. Tim Keller puts it this way. If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about what he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching or not, but whether or not he rose from the dead. Whether you like the teaching of Jesus or not, whether you believe in Jesus or not, Jesus rose from the dead. And that's what your, that's what your destiny hangs on. In the famous words of the famous hymn by Charles Wesley, Christ the Lord is risen today. Sons of men and angels say, raise your joys and triumphs high. Sing ye heavens and earth reply. Christ indeed is risen. One day all will see and know, and in that day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Christian, may you ever say and may you ever raise your joys and triumphs high, for Christ the Lord is risen today. He is risen Let's all stand. In your charge today, I want to quote to you the final paragraph, the final few sentences from the great work by C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. And in these final lines of the book, Mere Christianity, Lewis sums up, I think very appropriately, how we should view the resurrection. Quote, Lewis writes, keep nothing back, nothing that you have, nothing that you have not given away will ever be really yours. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ, and you will find him, and with him, everything else thrown in. Close quote. To look for Christ is to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. If you do that, Jesus promised that all these things, all the things for life shall be added to you. To believe in Christ is not God's suggestion to you. To believe in Christ is to trust in Him as Lord and Savior, and this is God's command to you and to all. Listen again to the promise of Christ, who is the resurrection and the life, a promise for you. If you believe in Him, though you may die, you shall live. And if you live and believe in Him, you shall never die. Do you believe this? That question asked by Jesus is relevant for you today. Do you believe, do you trust in Christ? To trust 
in Him is to believe and to obey the command that God gives to us. To believe on the name of His Son. To believe on the name of Christ who was crucified and died for our sins and was raised and ascended. I pray He give you grace to obey for there is no other way to life from the dead. If you are not in Christ, you are in death no matter how alive you feel. Trust Christ. He is the resurrection and the life, and that is good news. Jesus did for us what we could never do. He saved us from our sin and conquered death. Christian, rejoice. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Christ the Lord is risen today. He is risen.